Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want a plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Retire Right with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. Larry, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you? I think a little under the weather today. Just slightly, Larry. Uh, you know, it's uh, just one of the combinations. The spring is in the air, but so is, you know, rain and pollen and everything else. You know, it, it just gets me every once in a while. I mean, I'm, maybe I'm just getting choked up. I'm so happy to be with you. I'm not sure what it is, Larry. <laughs> I'll go with the latter. Eric. There you go. There you go. Uh, I, I'm so happy that you brought somebody else onto the show today, so I don't have to uh, be here the entire time. But you've got Brian Murphy uh, joining you today, correct? Absolutely. No, and I appreciate you allowing me to do the bio. Brian, I'm so glad that you're here. Let me tell the audience a little bit about you. Brian is a personal injury trial attorney with Rappaport Glass, Levine, and Zulo. With offices in Islandia and Midtown Manhattan, he represents individuals all over New York metropolitan area who have been catastrophically injured due to negligence of others. Brian's practice focuses on representing victims of construction accidents, car crashes, and medical malpractice. By verdict, arbitration, and settlement, he has personally secured tens of millions of dollars in compensation for his clients. Brian, a former prosecutor, has been named a lifetime member of both the Million Dollar and Multi-Million Dollar Advocates Forum. He has been honored by super lawyers as a rising star. Quite a a bio, Larry. Uh, I I can see why you brought Brian on the show today. Yes. Uh, Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm very well, Larry. Thank you for having me. Eric, thank you as well. Thank you for being here. This is a very interesting and I think going to educate a lot of people about this topic because I know I've heard, I've discussed this with you before and I was totally surprised. So I think everyone should be listening to this and hopefully learning something to protect themselves even a little bit more. So why don't we, why don't we jump, jump in? So obviously based upon your experience, you've seen a lot of people that are injured in car accidents and what is the most important aspect of everyone's auto insurance policy that people need to know about? Well, Larry, um, what it's called is SUM coverage, and that stands for Supplementary Uninsured or Underinsured Motorist Protection. It's not, uh, it's not what people t- typically think of when they're talking about their auto insurance coverage. You always think about liability um, in, in the events I cause a crash and I get sued, what is my liability coverage? And that's very, very important, obviously, to protect yourself, to protect your assets from a potential lawsuit from an attorney such as myself. However, some coverage, and you you might also hear it referred to as UM coverage or UIM coverage, uninsured motorist or underinsured motorist coverage, what that does is it protects not other people outside of of your vehicle, but it protects you and it protects your family. And it protects anyone who's in that car with you when a crash of some sort occurs. Um, it's, if, in my eyes, it's the most important thing because, of course, it's great to protect yourself and your assets in the event you get sued. But uh, on a personal level, on a day-to-day level, you know, my family, my children, my wife are more important uh, in the greater scheme of things than, uh, than my liability coverage. So this protects those people that are in your car or covered under your auto insurance policy in the event if something happens and there is insufficient or no insurance uh, from the other car involved. 
uh, and people don't know about it. And, and so this is, I can't tell you how many cases I'm involved with where someone is uninsured or underinsured, the person who committed the negligence, who caused the crash. And then I then turn to people some coverage to see if they have a remedy through their own policy and way too often they do not or it's insufficient. Mm. So so this is, uh, you know, essentially my public service announcement so people know to look at their policies. So, Brian, can, can you give us some you know situations that you've seen with that supplemental underinsured or uninsured motorist coverage you know, can be used? Sure, sure. Uh, and, and it applies to a ton of different situations. But the, the, mo- the ones that I see the most frequently are a regular uh, you know, car crash where it's not your fault. You're rear-ended, someone went through a light, a red light, something like that, and you're hurt. You're seriously injured due to the crash. The normal thing, the first step is you make a claim against the person that caused the crash. Maybe you end up suing them. And, and during the course of that process, you might learn that that person is completely uninsured. Uh, the statistics show that in the state of New York, about 15% of the people behind the wheel do not have any automobile insurance coverage. So it comes up more often than you think. Uh, so if they're completely uninsured, you then turn to your own policy and you look at your UM, your uninsured motorist or your sump coverage, and you see what your policy limits are and you make a claim against your own auto insurance policy. Uh, your insurance comp- company basically takes the place of the defendant, the person who caused the crash. And so depending on what your coverage is for your uninsured motorist coverage, you can make a claim against your own policy for uh, for whatever up to the policy maximum is, as long as your injuries and your damages warrant that. So the uninsured motorist is, is, is a very frequent one that I see. The second one is same facts. Uh, it's not your fault. You're in a car crash, uh, but the person has um, insufficient coverage. Let's say in New York, the minimum is $25,000 per person. Let's say they only have $25,000 in coverage, but your injuries exceed that. They're, they're, they're worth more than that between your time out of work, your, your you know the surgeries, the whatever, whatever you, you went through. Well, you would take, I would make a claim for the first $25,000 from the, the, the defendant, the person who caused the crash. Then I turn to your policy for the difference. Um, you know, if you have $100,000 of uninsured coverage, I have the right to make a claim for up to $75,000 more from your policy. If you have two fifty, dollars well, then I can go for $225,000. And if you have $2 million, well, then, you know, potentially if your injuries are there, which is not a good thing, uh, you potentially would have access to up to $1.975 million in claims through your own coverage. You're protecting yourself in that situation. Uh, another big so, one. So just so, just so just so I'm clear, sorry, Brian. So you you said 15% of uh, people don't have any coverage and a lot only have the minimum. So if you're in an accident and you didn't cause it and you have injuries, your insurance company is not going to cover that unless you had this coverage? Correct. Uh Automatically in New York, uh, everybody has at least $25,000 of coverage built into their premiums. So that's the New York State minimum. Uh, if you have a new policy within the next couple of years, then a law is in, a, in, is in effect where your sum coverage will match your liability. But that's only if it's a new policy within the last year or two. If it's uh, an older policy, you can just keep renewing. Then, then you're probably, if you don't know about it, then you may very well be at that minimum, 25000 uh, And then that's it. If, if that's all the sum coverage you have, doesn't matter how significant your injuries are, that's all that you'll be able to make a claim for through your own policy. 
Can you can you tell our audience some examples where you've been able to successfully use the sum coverage for your clients? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one case is actually in process right now, and it's the perfect example of of where this is is so necessary and so helpful for people who are seriously injured. Uh, I, I represent a woman who's driving on the Southern State Parkway during rush hour, uh, and she was violently rear-ended by someone who just simply did not slow down as traffic was slowing down. Uh, and and to make matters worse, he didn't stick around. He fled the scene. He, he drove over onto the grass shoulder and took off. Thankfully, there was a good Samaritan behind them in one lane over that had a dashboard camera, and he got the, the make, model, the license plate, and he stuck around and gave that to my client. So the, the, the state troopers were able to find him, arrest him, and uh, we were able to make a claim against his policy. What do you know? Of course, minimum $25,000 uh, policy. Now, my client has already had a, a shoulder surgery. She tore a rotator cuff, and uh, the first week in April, She's undergoing a total hip replacement due to injuries sustained in this crash. Uh, $25,000 is not enough to compensate her. Thankfully for her, because unfortunately she, she learned the hard way a few years ago as my prior client, uh, she has $2 million of some coverage through her automobile insurance policy. Uh, and because of that, and I say she learned the hard way because in a prior accident, she was seriously injured. And, uh, and she only was able to recover $100,000 between the defendant and her own policy. So what did she do? She learned from it and said, gosh, if I'm ever in this situation again, I want to make sure I'm fully protected. So she got $2 million of coverage. So now that she has that and it's in effect for this loss, uh, I will be able to fully and fairly compensate her at the end of the day for her injuries thanks to her own coverage. Hmm. So I, I, I guess... Um, she found out the hard way, but how can someone find out what their sum coverage is? It's, uh, it's, it's easy. What you need to do is you need to look at the declarations page of your automobile insurance policy. Every six months or every year, whenever your policy renews, your insurance company sends you a packet. Uh, nowadays, it might be an electronic document, depending on how you get your correspondence from your insurance company. But it's a package of papers that lists exactly what all of your coverages are and what the premiums are that you're paying for that coverage. So you turn to your declarations page and you look just for what I'm talking about. It says in New York, it says some supplementary uninsured or underinsured motors coverage. Again, you might see it as UM or UIM as well. That is usually the third or fourth line down in your, li in your, in your coverage limits. The first is always bodily injury liability. Then usually it's property damage. Then it's no fault, which is uh, which is for your medical expenses, and then it's some. So uh, it's not highlighted. They don't point it out to you. It's just there. So you need to look at it and see what your coverage is to find out whether you have adequate protection or not. Yeah, I mean, before we had talked uh, last time, I had no idea what what some coverage was or what I had or why it was important. So why do you think that most people don't know about some coverage? Well, it's because insurance companies really don't like to sell this type of coverage. Uh, it's very, very inexpensive for the policyholders. Uh, and in the circumstances that you end up needing it, such as my client who was hit on the Southern State Parkway, insurance companies uh, have to pay. It, they really don't have much of a defense. There's an arbitration process to, to settle those claims. It's not a lawsuit. It's not a trial. It's, a, it's an arbitration. And... Uh, so they, they know that if this coverage comes into play, 
it's very difficult to fight it. And it puts the insurance company in the difficult position of arguing or fighting against their own client, which is a bad business model to follow. So at the end of the day, if you have the coverage and your injuries warrant uh, it, it's a pretty, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to be fairly compensated at the end of the day. So how, how much coverage, some coverage, do you think people should, should have? Uh, well, doing what I do and, and all the horror stories that I see and all the cases that I've had, that I've had to sit down with clients and say, listen, we're stuck here. There's no coverage. This, the, the person who caused this has no, no assets to go after. This is, you know, this is the end of the road. And, and the, despite how bad, badly hurt you are, we, we can only take this amount of money. Uh, I say the more, the better. <laughs> as much as you can possibly afford, uh, the better. So obviously, that's an individual decision that you have to make based on your finances, your situation, uh, things like that. But the, the simple answer is the more, the better. Generally, I tell people that the minimum amount of coverage that you should have for, for, for some protection is $250,000 per person. And then there's a slash there for $500,000 per incident. And that would mean that maybe there's two people in your car. They would each have access to uh, you know $250,000 uh, for a total of $500,000 for the accident. Uh, so that's, I think, it would be the minimum to, to provide some level of protection. Now, myself, for, for, for me, knowing what I know and seeing what I see and, and, and understanding this, I have $2.5 million of coverage. I have $500,000 in a primary policy, my auto policy, and then I, I built in a $2 million umbrella, uh, which, which includes some coverage. So, uh, you know, and I know because when an attorney in my office suffered catastrophic injuries and a loss, hit by someone who was uh, minimally insured. And, and I've seen him be able to collect under that firsthand. So, uh, so I have a lot of coverage, but the more you can afford, the better. And it's not uh, considered, when you compare it to the price of liability insurance, uh, the protection for you, if you get sued, the cost is, is, is much, much less, like 10% of the cost of liability insurance. It's well worth the investment. Yeah, absolutely. That must be a tough conversation to have when you tell somebody who's been injured that, there's no coverage for you and can't go, can't help them with that. It is the, it's the most difficult conversation to have because, uh, you know, you're, you're sitting across from someone whose life has been turned upside down. Maybe they, they, they're concerned about whether they can return to work. Uh, they, maybe they've undergone a surgery or two. They, they don't know how they're going to support their family. They don't know how they're going to pay their mortgage or, or the kids, you know, college bills, whatever it is. And then to say, uh, you know, yeah, the person who hit you has $25,000 of coverage and you have the same level. You have the minimum. Well, I can't stack them on top of each other. You're stuck with just that $25,000. Uh, you know, we always have the option of pursuing the personal assets of the defendant. But, uh, you know, the vast majority of the time when we do that, you end up with a judgment and, and usually it's an unenforceable judgment. So uh, I, I try to tell as many people that, that I can get to, to look at your policies, make sure you have the coverage. So that if the worst case scenario happens, I don't have to have that conversation where I say, you're limited. This is all we're going to be able to get. Yeah. And, and like you said, the coverage amount, it's per person. And sometimes you have more than one person in the car. So getting the $2 million that you mentioned there um, does not seem way out, of, way out of line and give you peace of mind. Yes. And it's, you know, like most insurance, it's, uh, it's the hope that you never need it. But in the situations where you do, and, and, I, and I see them all the time, uh, the people that have it are, are obviously ridiculously thankful and fortunate that they, they thought 
about it in advance to protect themselves and their family. And those that don't, they usually are kicking themselves in the butt saying, oh man, I wish I knew about this earlier. Yeah, so so a lot of people do have umbrella insurance policies and maybe they think that the umbrella policy would cover something like this. Does that automatically mean that some coverage would be covered under your umbrella policy? Uh, the, the simple answer to that is no. Uh, some coverage is not a standard protection that's afforded by an umbrella policy. So that umbrella has some holes in it, uh, for lack of a better term. The, you have to specifically look into your, first your primary automobile insurance policy, uh, and then your umbrella policy to see what your sum coverage is, if any. Uh, usually for an umbrella policy, most insurance companies will not write an umbrella policy unless you have sufficient minimum coverage on liability for your primary auto policy. So, and usually that's at least 250000 or $300,000 in order for an umbrella to kick in. Even within that primary auto, though, you need to make sure that you have the same coverage for your SUM, for your sum coverage. Then you speak to your umbrella policy carrier and find out if there is some provision within that. Uh, the default answer is no, it's not there. You have to specifically ask for it. And your broker or your insurance company may have to fish around and shop for it and, or, or find a different carrier that will write an umbrella with some coverage. Um, some companies don't, don't allow umbrellas to have some protection within them. So then your insurance broker might find a, a separate insurance company just to write the sum coverage portion of it. So you have to ask the question and you need to find out. And often I talk to people who have, you know, multi-million dollar umbrella policies and they're like, oh, I'm well protected. I have it. I say, make sure you check the deck page, check the declarations page, see if you have the coverage, talk to your broker. And, and, and almost every single time, uh, the answer is, wow, it's not in here. It's, it's not protected. So, so then you just have to add it. Yeah. And I, I can tell you from personal knowledge that when you mentioned this in our last meeting, I went and looked and I did have it in my, my auto policy, but my umbrella policy didn't have that. And I've been uh, emailing back and forth with my broker to see how we can get that we can get that adjusted. So, you know, this is really important stuff and really, uh, you know, not known by most people. Um, that and they may be falsely thinking that their umbrella coverage covers covers this. So this is extremely important. So anyone out there is listening, you know, p- please take note of this and take a look at your policies. So finally, why don't we talk a little bit? Of, there's been some changes in the some policies in the last few years. Yes, there has been, uh, and, and this is relevant to New York State in particular. Uh, the law changed recently, where uh, it used to be that if uh, if you're purchasing an insurance policy, the company, the insurance company, or your broker didn't have to tell you about SUM coverage, and so if you didn't ask about it they would basically automatically put you at the minimum of $25,000 per person, $50,000 total per incident. Um, And that was largely to try to keep premiums low. Uh, Again, this is not expensive coverage, but when you're looking at that, say 15%, or if you're looking to to keep your dollar, your, your premiums down, they won't write the coverage by default. Where it changed a few years ago is that now for a new policy, and the insurance company has to put your sum coverage 
at the same level as your liability coverage. So that's a this is a positive step in the right direction. It's good. So if you have $100,000 slash $300,000 liability, they're automatically going to make it the same for your sum. Or if you have $250,000 of coverage, it'll be $250,000, which is great. But the insurance companies are allowed to give you the ability to opt out of that. So if you're if this is a, if you're purchasing a new policy, they will say, oh yeah, and you know we're going to give you two hundred fifty thousand dollars of SUM coverage, but you can opt out. If you opt out, it'll save you, uh, you know, fifty dollars every six months or whatever the cost is. Don't opt out if you're purchasing a new policy. Uh, the opt out is to have, is to get you to eliminate that automatic built-in coverage. As I mentioned earlier, though. If your policy predates the statute, which went into effect in 2018, early 2019, uh, then you're grandfathered in under the old rules. So they didn't have to increase that. So if you're with the same insurance company for a long time or you have the same type of coverage, you want to take a look at it to see where you stand because the statute change, the rule change, has not impacted existing policies. And finally, a lot of people have heard the word no-fault auto insurance. Is some coverage related to that? It is not related to it. And, and just briefly, what no fault is, no fault is another type of coverage you pay for with your insurance premium that protects you and your family. No fault applies to all of the medical expenses that are paid uh, as a result of the injuries you suffer in a car crash. Uh, and that's regardless of fault. That's why it's called no fault. So even if the fault is not, the, the crash is not your fault, it's 100% the fault of the other driver your medical bills will be paid by the car that you're in. So uh, no fault is, is very good. It, it makes life much easier when you're trying to get medical treatment. Uh, there's different levels of no fault for what you should get. I recommend uh, that you max out your no fault coverage so that you have all the full access to you for medical bills uh, without co-pays, without deductibles, without anything out of pocket uh, for the purposes of that. So people, because it also is designed to protect the people in the car, I, people sometimes say, well, I have no-fault coverage, so I don't need some coverage. And that's the farthest thing from the truth. No-fault coverage is, is designed solely for, um, uh, for your medical expenses, for some travel expenses to doctors, and for very limited economic loss if you're out of work. And it's capped at a very, very low amount, which, um, which is insufficient for just about everybody. But, it, but that's what it's limited to. The sum coverage takes the place of, of liability coverage for the other car. So that's where, if you're significantly injured, that's where uh, you, you have the ability to, to, to get compensated for your injuries, for, your, for whatever type of treatment you went through, your pain and suffering, your economic damages, uh, things like that. So they're both designed to protect you, but in very different ways. Brian, this has been been great and very enlightening. And like I mentioned before, when I when you first told me about this, the first thing I did was go and check my policy and call my broker. So for everyone here that's listening, I would suggest you do the same thing right away. Go and check. And I, like I was surprised that I didn't have it under my umbrella side. You may be surprised you don't even have it under your auto coverage, especially if it's a few years few years old. Brian, any final words you want to mention today? Uh, no, Larry, I uh, thank you for having me. This is, uh, this is something that I, I literally deal with every day. Uh, when, the first thing we do when a new client comes to us is I review the coverages available because you need to know, you need to know where you're at. You need to know, uh, what, where the potential issues are, what the pitfalls are. 
Uh, and, and I have to, as, a, as, a, as an attorney representing someone, I have to proactively manage that. So if I know early on that there's, there's, there's very little coverage and, then, and I turn to the sum coverage of, the, of my client and it's insufficient, I la- have to let them know right away uh, because it's, 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 a, it's really a rude awakening if you, if you find out later on. So it is supremely important. It protects you and your family and the events that you're hit by somebody that's not doing the right thing. That's basically what it comes down to. In a perfect world, everybody would have adequate insurance to, to, to compensate for the damages that they cause. But in reality, that's just not where we're at. So you have to look after yourself. And that's what this is about. Great. Thank you so much, Brian, for joining us today. If someone does have an injury and does need to contact Brian for his services, uh, you can reach him at 631-293-2300 or his website, rglzlore.com. You can also find him on his AVO page, uh, AVO page at avvo.com. Or email him at bmurphy at rapplore.com. Thanks again, Brian, for joining us. My pleasure, Larry. Thank you very much. Guys, this was a fantastic podcast. Larry, uh, this is exactly what this podcast is all about. You've been doing this for quite a few years now. Uh, When I hear this, I just know, I don't know what I don't know, right? This is what you bring to the audience. so many times you've brought a guest in where I'm just amazed, like, wow, I had no idea. And we just kind of beep up through life, right? I, I've got auto insurance. I, I think it's enough, but I just know that I've got it covered because I have to have insurance, you know, by law. So it, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's fun to have guests like this on the show. Larry, thank you so much for bringing Brian on. Ah, thanks, Brian, for uh, spending the time with us today. No, I appreciate it, guys. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's great. And our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. Now, this is where I usually say, hey, this is a you know great one to share with your friends and family. Um, but Larry, I'm going to actually ask you to give some contact information for yourself. Because like I said, uh, we don't know what we don't know. And, and you bring this kind of information all the time to your clients and, and people that reach out to you. So... I'm hoping that people reach out and say, hey, I need to know some other things that maybe I have some other gaps in my financial life. Larry, how do they get a hold of you? Sure. I mean, they could call us at 631-293-2806 or go to our website, hellowealthmanagement.com. And actually right there on the website, they can schedule a 20-minute call with one of, one of us if they like to talk further. Absolutely. Always a pleasure, Larry. And of course, thank you again, listening audience. Uh, For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.